0: Welcome to Mildly Interested. I'm Joe Whitefield. In this short series focusing on employee relations, Jennifer Elmer and I discuss what employees and employers want from their work experiences. In addition, we explore certain barriers to healthy work relationships. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. And welcome back to the program. Uh, Joe Whitefield joining studio with Jenna Elmer. Jenna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for hanging in there uh, for these uh, these discussions that we're having. Of course. Uh, we finished our last episode and we talked about a lot of things related to the employee-employer relationship. And we want to pick up with that because I really want to talk about some of the barriers. Okay. You know, you know we, we talked about a number of things that would make that a very positive, but why is that? Why is that so uncommon? Why do we have to learn these things? Uh, And so that's kind of where I want to go with this, uh, with your help and your experience. Uh, One of the barriers we talked about, you know, one of the contributors to an unhealthy relationship, employee relationship, is objectification, the attitude of objectification from the employer or the, uh, you know, or the, the, the boss, the supervisor, okay? Right. Help us understand the idea of Objectification a little bit. I have a couple ideas, but tell me what what that means to you. Yeah. So
1: to me, um, to me, when we're talking about it, and we've been talking about it in in the context of the book Leadership and Self Deception, right. Um, and in that, it's it's where we stop seeing. People is people, and we start seeing them as objects. Either they are something in our way, mm-hmm. um, so maybe an employee has stopped doing something that you need them to do, and now they're a barrier to your success. Um, they, maybe it's a co worker, and you two aren't getting along, so that creates a barrier. Um, and it's anytime in your head you start. I no longer see you as Joe, Mm -hmm. but I start attributing factors to you that aren't um, either nice or Mm -hmm. um, that's what I mean. That's when I'm talking about objectification, that's what I mean. I'm no longer seeing you as a person, which makes it very easy for me to dismiss you and dismiss your needs and dismiss my my, uh, responsibilities as a supervisor or a leader or a coworker. Because I shouldn't have to do that because you're just in my way Mm -hmm. versus, oh, my colleague that I trust.
0: That's really, really well said. I think um, the time I've talked about this, and you referenced the book. What was the book?
1: Leadership and Self-Deception.
0: So if you're interested in this as a deeper topic, then I've I've read that book as well, and I, I do recommend that.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites when talking with supervisors.
0: Really good job of talking about this topic, about the paradigm of, again, how we see people. But you and I have come back to many times, it's about the people, right? Right. We have processes and things like that, but ultimately we lead people, we manage you know uh, uh, things, but we lead people, right? right? And so we get back to the personal nature. And that book really deals with it. But seeing people as problems or as objects. I used an example um, off air when we were talking about that. I heard a presentation that talked about just again a chair, mm-hmm. right? When you think about, you know, you know, you can use a chair for a lot of things. For you know, for the intended purpose, uh, you can misuse or abuse a chair. You can stand on it, and use it, you know, in places you're not supposed to. Or it could just be in your way. You used that a minute ago that you see people as being in your way. Think of a chair blocking a door that you need to go out right. of, right? And so, you know, it's just, it's just in your way. You know, I can have a chair sitting over here that I ignore all the time unless it gets in my way. Right. The idea that people become that, you know, people that we're depending on, on the, that are you know, part of our staffs or part of our organizations, coworkers or, or anyone the fact that we start thinking of them, of them like that as opposed to people. That's really what we mean is we objectify them in the sense that we think of them as objects. Right. That right. Uh, can be in our way and that can be used, can be used, right?
1: Right. Well, and what that does is I think, like I mentioned, it it gives us the freedom then, in, in a wrong way, yeah. to not treat them like people. Mm-hmm. So... Instead of having a conversation with you if I'm frustrated with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't have to because I no longer see you as a person deserving of that conversation.
0: Wow. So I get relieved of the responsibilities of being a person. That's uh, that's very insightful. I think it's, um, we tend to think of, org- I do, anyway, I'll go back. It's easy to fall into the trap of thinking of organizations and processes and, and you know, dehumanizing that a little bit. I guess it's about processes, right. and I want to talk to you about a, a another word that we've come to. We've we've gotten a lot about efficiencies and productivities. Again, a lot of those things, and we've gotten it out of the uh, human element. We talk a lot about accountability. Okay, so if if objectifying people gives us, at least in our minds, license to not treat them well, right, right that's going to lead ultimately to bad outcomes. Because if you treat people poorly, then you're going to have all those all those problems. But does that mean you can't be accountable? Does that, you know, what does that, what does that mean? Do you, let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, the juxtapose, like, being accountable and still, you know, you still have productivity and you still have, you know, you have outcomes that you need to have. Right. You know, it's not just a big group hug, right. you know, that we're having all the time. We're still responsible for that. How do you juxtapose that a little bit?
1: Like, are you asking how do you be a leader and hold people accountable? Or how do I hold myself accountable?
0: How
1: do you hold people, account- people accountable? And I, again, you start by seeing them as people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's, it's a hard role, right, if we're talking about the role as a supervisor. Because sometimes you have to be what we would call the boss. Right. Um, air quotes around the boss right. for, for listeners. For those that can't see, right,
0: <laughs> there, there were definitely air quotes
1: there, yes. Um, but the boss also has to be a friend and the boss also has to be the coach. And well, so what when about you have a whole generation
0: him? of people that have, have, were were taught you can't be a friend. You know that 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 friendship, do you know what I'm saying? I mean that that's sort of anti what maybe a lot of people have grown up with rightly or wrongly or been right. are been, been sort of trained, you know? What I, mean? I mean,
1: you don't have to Go to the bar for a pint every night, or call each other, or be—you know—I have a rule. I won't be Facebook friends with anybody who is in my organization. Yeah, yeah. but um, but you do so by friend. I mean, be the person who recognize you work with these people forty plus hours a day. When they come in and you can tell on their face something's wrong, Correct. a good leader needs to say, "Hey, come in my office," and grab the tissues and say. What's wrong? So you might Let's have talk maybe about some this. of the
0: qualities of a friend, like being trustworthy, things like that, right? Yeah. Being able to, um, again, coming back to the people side, I guess what I'm wondering is things like accountability and these things we talk, these aren't mutually exclusive from the other things we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about, uh, and, and we've been hitting around things like being empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, you know. We, 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 there's a lot of things that talk about being a better listener, right? Um, but the idea that you have a, a, a more meaningful, I'll say personal quality to a professional, I don't want to say personal relationship, but a more meaningful right. professional relationship that's really based on uh, not, uh, you know, objectifying someone, but again, treating people seeing as people. Seeing them as people, right. yeah. It's as seeing simple as, as that, people. seeing right. people as people. And I want to keep coming back to that. Seeing people as people, not people as problems. Right. That's I guess that is the takeaway, but how you do that and you still have an effective organization where, where there's accountability, we talk about transparency, we talk about things like that, right. but those are not, in your mind, are they mutually exclusive that you have to be one or the other? Can you not be Not at
1: all. I mean, I think that the expectation of the supervisor is the person who is helping you, the employee right. um, be a successful contributing member to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does mean that you get to build that relationship But it also means that you have to have good conversations that say, great job. You have to have coaching conversations. Maybe they're learning a new skill or maybe they're struggling with an old skill still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, And then you have to hold them accountable because all of those together makes them a successful contributor. And I think that when we're able to do that well, employees appreciate it. Because if we come at... Let's say a difficult conversation around a performance concern. We're going to have it and hold them accountable. Um, and it will make the employees' performance better. Mm-hmm. And they will feel better about themselves in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, in the immediate conversation, is it going to be uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Um, but that's part of our job. We still need to be a good coach and a good boss. Right. And a good mentor so
0: so courageous conversation is required from time to time right Right.
1: and then and then when we don't um that goes back to leadership and self-deception so let's say that you're my employee and you're struggling with the process and I don't talk to you about it and I just keep giving you the process Mm -hmm. I'm going to become frustrated with you Mm -hmm. but whose fault is that right it's my fault as the leader when I should have stopped and said you know I noticed yesterday Joe was struggling with this. I should go sit, and even though I did it yesterday, <laughs> right. go back through and make sure that he understands this process. And if I just took those five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it would take to make sure that you understood, then I would still see you as a person, and you would have this ability to get better at what you're doing.
0: So let me ask you this, or maybe make a statement, and get your reaction to this. We talk about the role of the employer, the supervisor, as a boss, and kind of what that brings up in people's minds. Oh, the boss, Mm -hmm. right? The boss is always right. The boss sets the direction. The boss, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you think of maybe maybe the harder qualities of being the boss. Uh, We talk about the role of a mentor now, Mm -hmm. right? Coach, mentor, um, counselor? Is Is that going too far to talk about, you know, counselor?
1: It's a good word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need to be there for people. Okay. Um, and then we need to know when to refer them to a counselor. At our institutions, we have places that we can send employees. Right. Um, we were talking earlier, though. We do need to be empathetic to right. our people. Right. So, and, and empathy is not just, oh, you're sad. Let me make it better. Right. Sometimes it's just... Let's sit and acknowledge that you're sad and know that I'm here. Right. Yeah.
0: So. Because
1: guess what? Employees also have lives outside of work. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh, that really, we're going to have to have a whole uh, conversation about that. But but you're right. But this idea, how do you feel about boundaries? Again, this idea that things don't go too far. Again, And I, I said counselor with that, you know, sort of high-pitched voice. It's because. Yeah, can, these things can go too far because we talk about, and you know, we don't want to do, deal with things like favoritism and and set these things up, right? Because people have different needs and things like that. But the idea of being equitable and and, and hitting all those marks again from an mm-hmm. HR perspective, there are healthy boundaries that we have to have, right? To agree,
1: right? And even if someone's, again, it goes back to holding people accountable. So you can say, sorry that you're sad, right? I recognize that. Right. Give them the referral. But you don't want to set yourself up for an hour daily therapy session. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, And you also have to be the boss and say these are the expectations. You know, so if it's something big, obviously I'll put my HR hat on and make sure that it's, you know, do they need any kind of accommodation? Do they need to go see HR for family medical leave or anything like that? Do they need to go see counseling? But um, it can just be coaching, too. Like we talked about in one of the earlier sessions, maybe it's just you being vulnerable to say, hey, I've been there. You know, I've, I, um, well, here's an example. In my office, we make mistakes. They happen. Um, And sometimes they are pretty big things that we've done incorrectly. So there was a day that um, one of my staff forgot to schedule a regular meeting with our AVP. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a one-on-one meeting she was supposed to schedule with all new employees individually with him. Um, she forgot to do it for like three months. So she had to let me know that I needed to go tell him I needed like a oh, day right. of his calendar. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's terrifying, right? Um, to make a mistake on that scale right. to a new employee. It's terrifying um and so i tell you the story to say in in that moment i let her be a little bit terrified because she needs to learn from that experience right? right um but then that's when i told her you know on this i don't i don't want you to beat yourself up but i want you to tell me what did you learn right. and go think about it and then come back and tell me how it's not going to happen again
0: i think it's a- it's an important thing, to again, to learn from our mistakes. Also, um, we talked a little bit off-air about this idea that you, um, you know, the skills you develop about being able to rebound and, and to make right your mistakes. Sometimes you have the responsibility to make it right. You know, if you drop the yeah. ball. You know, it's not always somebody doing something for you to make up for it. Sometimes you have to do it yourself. And that's what we want to build. That's part of the growing right. professional development. It's a, it's a personal maturity that goes as well, right? Um, well, I want to... Uh, Kind of hit on one kind of final point here. Because okay. right? we talk about, um, and I'm gonna surprise you with this one because we didn't talk about this one yet, but the boss, mentor, coach, you know, all those sort of different roles, those different nuanced ways of thinking about how we interact with our employees. The other role, I think, is the role of an advocate. I've heard it described as a sponsor, but in in, in a professional setting, we're talking about an advocate. What I mean by that um, and I think you'll, you'll you'll get this because we had a good example of this earlier. But what I mean by that is that the employee relation, you know, the employer, employee-employer relationship goes beyond just the one-on-one time that you have with people. And that means how well do you uh, sell or represent or advocate for employees and coworkers when they're not there? Right. Okay? Um, you know, examples being, you know, if you are – being recommended for a job if I'm in a if I'm in a another setting and somebody says hey we need somebody to look at this and we're trying to create opportunities as we talked about in a previous episode about promoting from within and, and, and giving people experiences and things that help them grow professionally and somebody says I need somebody to do this I say hey have you thought about this person so I can advocate for a person right when they're not there similar to your uh, in the first episode we talked about your experience with thought Is right. That right correct and so, again, you may not have been aware that that's what you were doing when you were talking to somebody else and recommending him for consideration. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a big part that uh, we need to, a role we need to think a little bit more about is just that being that advocate. What do you, what do you think?
1: I agree. And, and you said when they're not there, I think part of our discussions with our employees is to try to piece that out while we're talking with them as well. So when we're having conversations with our staff, Finding out what their interests yes. are, finding right. out, you know, they may not see yet where their talents lie. So helping to give them tasks to build, um, build their skill sets and their confidence, so that when that next opportunity comes, they're ready. So I 100% agree. So that's leader, boss, coach, friend-ish, not counselor, right. <laughs> exactly. an advocate, exactly. an
0: advocate. There's a lot of good material out there that, that deals with this. We, you know, we've just sort of touched on the topic again, from more from an experience base. Again, you've got a lot of experience in this, and again, I've been the beneficiary of being able to draw on that when I'm in the past when I found I'm, I'm up against some things and I've asked you for advice. Or your experience has right. been very, very helpful. That's why I want to capture that. So let's kind of draw this to a close. Okay. Uh, uh, again, so much appreciate your time, your willingness to do this and share. Uh, for for me personally and, and for our listeners to share your expertise in, in this area. Uh, it's been a lot of fun collaborating. It has. But as we close, just a takeaway. I think you, you, you said it earlier and it's uh, about seeing people as people and not as problems.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and really, I, we've gone back and forth on this, but um, really choosing to care about mm. the people that you work with the people that you work for, and the people who work for you. Um, and when we do that, right, we we are able to invest in our people and invest in those relationships. And I think building those people and relationships really help build the business.
0: I think that's a great point. As we build the business, uh, and, and we hit those organizational outcomes. And have a successful, you know, building toward a successful organization with meaningful contributions, all those things. And it turns out there's a lot of variations on that, but ultimately we started with what employees want. Mm-hmm. They want a lot of that. What do employers uh, want? Much very much the, the same. same thing, mm-hmm. right? It's all, it's all kind of the same. So, well, again, uh, that's a wrap. Again, thank you for uh, being here. And to our listeners, appreciate your interest in this.
1: And uh, thank Thanks you very so much.